Welcome to this online act of worship at St Bride's Church, Fleet Street, here in the very heart of the City of London. We're delighted that you're joining us. Do please leave a comment or a like. It's always good to hear from you. And if you would like to donate to help support these online services, you'll find information about how to do so in the accompanying text. And now, may the light and peace of Christ be with us all as our worship begins. Jesus said to his disciples, if any would come after me, let them deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. Welcome to our choral Eucharist on this, the 13th Sunday after Trinity. Wherever you are in the world, and however you're listening to us, we hope that you will feel that you are very much part of the St. Bride's family. We begin now with an opening prayer. Let us pray. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. 
through Christ our Lord. Amen. God so loved the world that he gave his only son, Jesus Christ, to save us from our sins, to be our advocate in heaven, and to bring us to eternal life. Let us confess our sins in penitence and faith, firmly resolved to keep God's commandments and to live in love and peace with all. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past and grant that we may serve you in newness of life to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and keep you in life eternal, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, who called your church to bear witness that you were in Christ reconciling the world to yourself, help us to proclaim the good news of your love, that all who hear it may be drawn to you through him who was lifted up on the cross and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A reading from the book Exodus. Now Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian, and he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, 
the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and lo, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses, and he said, Here am I. Then he said, Do not come near. Put off your shoes from your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. And he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord said, I have seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt, have, and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. I know their sufferings, and I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians, and to bring them up out of that land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. And now, behold, the cry of the people of Israel has come to me, and I have seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppress them. Come, I will send you to Pharaoh, that you may bring forth my people, the sons of Israel, out of Egypt. And Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the sons of Israel out of Egypt? He said, But I will be with you, and this shall be the sign for you that I have sent you. When you have brought forth the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God upon this mountain. Then Moses said to God, If I come to the people of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, Say this to the people of Israel, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and thus I am to be remembered throughout all generations. This is the word of the Lord.
A reading from the letter to the Romans. Let love be genuine. Hate what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Never flag in zeal. Be aglow with the Spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in your hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be conceited. Repay no one evil for evil, but take thought for what is noble in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends upon you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. No, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals upon his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. From that time Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. And Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, 
God forbid, Lord, this shall never happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me, for you are not on the side of God, but of men. Then Jesus told his disciples, If any man would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his life? Or what shall a man give in return for his life? For the Son of Man is to come with his angels in the glory of his Father, and then he will repay every man for what he has done. Truly I say to you, there are some standing here who will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. This is the Gospel of the Lord. May I speak in the name of the living God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. In our Gospel this morning, we have heard how Jesus began to explain to the disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders and chief priests and the teachers of the law. The disciples didn't get it. We see that immediately and very obviously in Peter's words. God forbid it, Lord, he said. This must never happen to you. But Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. It wasn't just Peter, though, and despite Jesus' repeated explanations, it wasn't until after his death, resurrection and ascension that the disciples were able to make sense of his teaching. The church came to speak of the scandal of the cross after Paul used that phrase in his letter to the Corinthian church. And it describes very well why it was so difficult for the disciples to understand how victory could possibly be secured through what appeared to be such complete humiliation, torture and defeat. They longed for liberation from the persecutions and constraints that the Roman occupiers placed upon them, but couldn't recognise the ways in which even their minds were shaped by that oppression. Whilst they were sufficiently inspired by Jesus' teaching to give up their lives and follow him, they had only the faintest inkling of the sacrifices and joys to which they were called. In retrospect, we can look back on the disciples, and in some ways the example they provide is very usefully normal. The disciples were ordinary people called to extraordinary things. That's helpful in what it signals to each of us if we feel that any meaningful service of God's purpose in, purposes in the world is beyond us. On the other hand, the scripture provides many examples that suggests we should beware if we find ourselves imagining ourselves to be righteous or possessing particular capabilities. Grasping and accepting the nature of God's call in our lives is challenging whilst we are distracted by our own designs and it may be a very difficult path. There's perhaps no better example of this than in today's epistle where we find the instruction Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Do not repay anyone evil for evil but take thought for what is noble. If your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Sometimes when faced with this kind of teaching, we hear suggestions of hopeless naivety, or perhaps that this is the path of only very exceptional Christians such as those called to martyrdom. That's a defensive characterization, though, and one that departs from the gospel teaching 
that we love our neighbour as ourselves. The teaching isn't to love our neighbour and not ourselves, or to neither love neighbour nor ourselves. Rather, it is a call to love as our Heavenly Father loves. There is also an echo here of those various challenges that we read in the Gospel that point us away from familial bonds, not ultimately to diminish the importance of those relationships, but rather to call us to radically widen the compass of our love, to embrace those who would wish to do us harm. There's a saying that I've noticed used in common parlance recently, that justice is what love looks like in public. It comes from Dr. Cornell West, Professor of Philosophy at Union Theological Seminary. It's a saying that has some intuitive appeal, I think, but I came across an article that referenced it and which it seemed to me described our current circumstances very well. It recognised that the nature of human life is such that some people matter to us infinitely more than others. That's not because we believe those people to be inherently better than others, of course, although perhaps we imagine that to also be the case, but rather that the nature of the bonds that bind us override other considerations. Often in our world, and increasingly in Western political discourse, it seems, we can see that notions of justice are shaped by bonds and affiliations as much as by any objective assessment. If justice is what love looks like in public, it is surely a love that is given to others in equal measure, regardless of affiliation. As we look at the disciples and the difficulty that they had accepting Jesus' teaching, we recognise the difficulties we continue to have with his teaching today, even from this side of his death, resurrection and ascension. And there is, if you like, a leap of faith that is required of us, as it was of his disciples and all those who have sought to follow his way since. It is a choice, ultimately, of how we choose to understand and live in the world, a choice of affiliation and an acceptance of the scope of God's loving embrace of each and every one of us, even those we might regard as our enemies. This is not the way of the world, of course, but then Jesus points us in another direction. Those who want to save their life will lose it, he said, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. What looks to be an extraordinarily risky way to live, if not a path to sure destruction, Jesus tells us is rather the sure path to our salvation. For as the scripture assures us, love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. And elsewhere, that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let us now stand and affirm our faith in the words of the Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, True God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father, 
Through him all things were made, for us and for our salvation. He came down from heaven, was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy, Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty God, who has promised to hear the prayers of all who ask in faith. Jesus, light of the world, bring the light and peace of your gospel to the nations. Bless all who work in your name with wisdom, dedication, skill and integrity to lead your church as you would have it. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Jesus, bread of life, give food to the hungry, shelter to the homeless, and hope to the desperate. Particularly all who suffer from disasters of fire, flood, and continuing warfare. Where there is conflict, bring your peace. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Jesus, our way, our truth, our life, be with us and all who follow you. Be with all who worship today, both here on Fleet Street and around the world. Bless our communities and all who support us. Deepen our appreciation for your word and fill us with your life. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Jesus, good shepherd, who gave your life for the sheep. Recover the straggler, bind up the injured, strengthen the sick, and lead the healthy and strong to new pastures. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Jesus, the resurrection and the life, we give you thanks for all who have lived and believed in you. We remember all who have passed, sons and daughters, mothers and fathers, brothers and sisters, friends and neighbours. Raise us with them to eternal life. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Will you please stand? Christ is our peace. He has reconciled us to God in one body by the cross. We meet in his name and we share his peace. The peace of the Lord be always with you.
Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this bread to offer, which earth has given and human hands have made. It will become for us the bread of life. Blessed be God forever. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this wine to offer, fruit of the vine and work of human hands. It will become our spiritual drink. Blessed be God forever.
accept our praises, Heavenly Father, through your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. And as we follow his example and obey his command, grant that by the power of your Holy Spirit, these gifts of bread and wine may be to us his body and his blood, who in the same night that he was betrayed took bread and gave you thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and gave you thanks. He gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Therefore, Heavenly Father, we remember his offering of himself made once for all upon the cross. We proclaim his mighty resurrection and glorious ascension. We look for the coming of his kingdom, and with this bread and this cup, we make the memorial of Christ, your Son, our Lord. Christ is the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Accept through him, our great high priest, this, our sacrifice of thanks and praise. And as we eat and drink these holy gifts in the presence of your divine majesty, renew us by your spirit, inspire us with your love, and unite us in the body of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Through him, and with him, and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, with all who stand before you in earth and heaven, we worship you, Father Almighty, in songs of everlasting praise. Blessing and honour and glory and power be yours forever and ever. Amen. Let us pray with confidence as our Saviour has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body, because we all share in one bread. Draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood, which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that he died for you, and feed on him in your hearts, by faith, with thanksgiving. We do not presume to come to this your table, merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in your manifold and great mercies. We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under your table, but you are the same Lord, whose nature is always to have mercy. Grant us, therefore, gracious Lord, so to eat the flesh of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood, that our sinful bodies may be made clean by his body, and our souls washed through his most precious blood, and that we may evermore dwell in him, and he in us.
Let us pray. God, our Creator, you feed your children with the true manna, the living bread from heaven. Let this holy food sustain us through our earthly pilgrimage until we come to that place where hunger and thirst are no more. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, we thank you for feeding us with the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him we offer you our souls and bodies to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your Spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Amen. Understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen.